Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to another episode of Turn the Page, the official podcast of Syosset Public Library. I'm here today with the author of a really lovely and funny and moving and thoughtful collection of comics. Could I ask you to introduce yourself and your book, please? Yes, I am Barbara Brandon Croft. My book is uh, Where I'm Coming From, and it is a collection of my years of being um, syndicated, um, which is was like 14 years. Mm. Yeah. It's such a fascinating collection and it covers so much time and so much history and there's so much to discuss. And I'm wondering, before we get into the book itself, um, if you could talk a little bit about your journey into uh, cartooning in comics, because I, uh, I've i read that your father was also a uh, comics creator and that you sort of learned a lot of the craft from him. So I'm wondering if you could talk about like what drew you to pursuing the same, uh, you know, arts and how did you get, uh, find, how did you find your way into this comic strip? Um, okay, yes. <laughs> so yes, my dad was one of the pioneer black cartoonists. There are three that came into play um, into the mainstream press in the late 60s, uh, my dad had a Brumsick Brandon Jr. had a comic strip called Luther, started out in Newsday, uh, Long Island Newsday. Um, and also um, Ted Shearer had Quincy and um, Maury Turner had Wee Pals. Um, so he was part of that crew. And But my dad was this um, cartoonist. He didn't just do Luther. He did many other cartoons and drawings. So my whole life. And he was an animator when he had a nine to five. So his whole, um, as long as I knew him, he was drawing, you know, and he was always in our, you know, our home. Um, and early on, he drew in the living room, small house, center of the house, dining room table. That's where he was drawing. He later drew, um, built a, we had a basement. He built a room for his studio. Um, as for me, I did not know I was going to be a cartoonist. I had no idea what I was going to be. And I was all over the place. Um, I knew I wanted to study art. I had a, a particular talent, um, I was told, and I felt. Um, and so I studied art. I went to uh, Syracuse VPA, um, Visual and Performing Arts School. Um, and I came when I came back, I um, didn't know what I was going to do cartooning was not on my brain. I was like, I'll be a fashion designer. I'll be a fashion illustrator. I, you know, I was everywhere. Um, ended up getting a job as a um, fashion writer and illustrator because uh, they said they would take trainees. I said, I'm a, tr that's me. Um, I got that job. Um, but it wasn't until I tried to, oh, I know my dad got a, a letter um, from the Detroit free press saying mm -hmm. we are trying to get our um, comic pages to reflect our audience. Cause you know, we're talking Detroit, you know, and um, I have family in Detroit. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking Detroit. And um, so they asked my dad, did he know of any other black cartoonists? And, um, 
I had, oh, I, I think I get the story kind of confused, but it's all in my book, <laughs> the, <laughs> the right order. But, um, but that is how I got into it. I had, I had created this, um, I went to, I tried to get a job at a magazine, a black woman's magazine and the editor in chief there said, um, you kind of funny, you draw, can you do a comic strip? And that's when like the light bulb went off over my head, you know, it was like, Hey, seen it done. My dad's done it. He can do it. I can do it. How arrogant. I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, so <laughs> I um I came up with an idea. And my dad was like, go downstairs, see what you see what you can come up with. So I was down there for like weeks. You know, I came up to eat. No, I, I was down there for a long time. And <laughs> I I came up with this idea. I thought it would be interesting to it, it again, it was for a black woman's magazine. I thought it would be interesting to have a black woman speaking to the audience. Um just just their heads. It was just their heads to start with. And um, I showed it to the um, editor-in-chief there. Her name is Marie Brown. She's now a literary agent, an iconic literary agent. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, I like this. You know, can you come up with more? We'll see how we can pace it in the magazine. And, you know, me, who's, you know, I've been called lazy. I, but I was thinking, I was thinking, if it's for a magazine, that's 12 that's 12 strips, 12 strips a year. I can do that. So mm -hmm. I came down and I, I came up with more. I was happy with them. I um, called to say, I have the, the other strips for you. And the person on the phone is like, she can't come to the phone. I was like, but she wants, she's expecting me, you know, it's like, and, and they said, I guess you didn't hear the magazine folded. I was like, what? Oh. So, this is 1982. Mm could be 83. I'm a fact checker in, in my other life. And I'm not quite sure. It's 82, 83. Um, and I um, was devastated. I was like, wow, that that stings. I didn't think I wanted to be a cartoonist. Now that's what I want to be. Um, so the only other black magazine, woman magazine I knew was Essence, of course. And I sent it to Essence and I got a favorable re reaction to it. But um, they also didn't think it fit their editorial landscape mm -hmm. um and they were like well you're not making it as a cartoonist what do you do I was like all right fashion I'm a reporter for a retail news bureau and um they it just so happened that their fashion and beauty writer was pregnant and getting ready to go on maternity leave and they didn't have anybody they mm -hmm. asked me to take an editorial test I took it I got the gig and um then my dad got the letter from Marty saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying we, do you know of any black cartoonists? And my dad said to me, um, you, are you going to talk about being a cartoonist? Or are you going to actually be one? And I was like, I'm going to be one. And um, I sent those very same strips to Detroit and um, Detroit loved them off the bat. I was like, wow. And they're like, let's, let's start it. And it, I, I was published, um, um, in Detroit Free Press in um, 1989. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how it came about, and you know, it's 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 twisty turny journey. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like it was very. I can't different. even keep it straight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's understandable. Like it took a while to sort of. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that it did because it's so interesting, and you know, the women who populate the strip are also lovable you know even when they kind of get on each other's nerves or and like I wonder if you could talk a little bit about where 
the characters come from? Because I read that some are based on your friends. And I'm wondering, is that like, you know, is there a one-to-one correspondence between your friends and the characters? Or is it more like little bits and pieces of your friends kind of make their way into them? Like, can you talk about them a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so the, when my in, initial idea, you know, again, it was for a magazine, it was going to be 12. It was going to be a different woman each time. It, they weren't going to have names, you know, they were just going to be women talking. And um, and then when I got Detroit, and then I tried to get a syndicate, the syndicates were like, ah, that's not going to work. You know, you have to, well, they all rejected me anyway, but um, Universal Press didn't reject me, but they said, you have to, um, you can't do a different person every time you do it. Um, so I was like, and, and I realized that I'd started um, using the same character t- to, f- for the same kind of, um, there was the same theme in that one particular character. So for instance, Lakeisha, who's, you know, got the, you know, stylized dreads. Um, whenever I used her, I, whenever I wanted to express something about social justice, it would be Lakeisha talking. So I was realizing that I was already creating characters. And then when I was told, you know, that, you know, actually they wanted, um, not Universal Press was very open, but the other one's like, you can't do just women and different women. You need to focus in on one woman, you know, and have her, her so-and-so and her cast of friends, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, eh, that, that didn't fit right to me. Um, so and Universal, bless them. Lee Salem, bless him and rest in peace, um, was very open to their artists and their artist vision. And um, he would suggest changes, but he wouldn't, you know, put his foot down and say, this is what you have to do in order to, to get things going. So all the way to your question. <laughs> and that is that, um, so these characters, there is no direct um, one-on-one correlation to my friends um, or me. Uh, but there is a bit of me in every every character, mm-hmm. and there's a bit of my friends in every character. You know, I've had um, I have good friends. You know, I have friends for a long time. You know, I, my my oldest friend that I've known since for more than sixty years. I mean, we were friends as toddlers. You know, I know people from kindergarten. I know people from high school. I know people from college. All all the, all the places that I stopped in life. Um, I've made some really good friends. And um, so they've been very helpful in, you know, just our dialogue, just things that we talked about, things we laugh about, things that um, we find funny or um, ridiculous or, or I find fun. It's mostly what I find funny and ridiculous that I, that I put down on paper, but it, it is, it is triggered by my conversations with my friends and my very great um, ability to eavesdrop. <laughs> I, I when I listen, I, I I eavesdrop all the time. I was like, did that person just say that? You know, it just and I write it down, and I and I end up being able to use it at some point. That's so interesting because it really like the the comic feels so intimate. Like when you're reading it, you know, because the characters are addressing you directly. You know, they're, like they're looking at each other, but they're also looking at you, and you feel like you're part of the conversation, you know, but also it does sometimes have that feeling of like, but also maybe this is a conversation happening next to me at a table at a crowded restaurant that I'm like, Ooh, that sounds very interesting. You know, like, (laughs) I'm so glad you picked that up. That's because that's exactly, exactly what it is, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I, and I'll say um, uh, Jules Pfeiffer, I loved 
how, you know, well, he did a, a love Jules Pfeiffer and he had a wide range of ways of communicating, but I loved when he had his characters talk directly to um, the reader and mm -hmm. which is, you know, yeah, I bit that, you know, that's, I was like, I'm going to use that. Um, and, and I also used his size because the size was different than what other newspapers do and comics do, um, which was another reason the syndicate said it's never going to work. Um, mm -hmm. um, thank goodness for Universal Press and Lee Salem. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I would love if, uh, love for you to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, why you did pick the style that you did. Because something that I thought was very interesting was that um, there was a point at which it was suggested that you do, um, you know, depict the women's bodies and that you... Um, Put them in fire bins. Yes, pretty intentionally did not want to. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the decision, because I think it is also part of what, like, makes it feel so intimate in a way, because you're focused on the conversation, you know? Yes. Yes, I'm glad you see it that way because that's that is definitely intended. Mm -hmm. I um, decided I and was told you got to put them in. You have to have bodies. You have to put them in environments. It's like no, no. I want mm -hmm. these women to be talking to the reader. I want them in their faces, eye to eye, <laughs> um, and and intimate. You know, um, and I I you know. Typically, you know, like if you look at, um, say, comic books or, um, you know, you have these women that are um, superheroes, you know, tiny waists and mm -hmm. beautiful flowing hair and whatever is supposed to be our idea of what beauty is. Um, and I didn't I didn't appreciate that. And I didn't like that being put on women all the time. And I um, didn't, you know. I didn't want women to be thought of as objects or as um as as part of their in pieces you know like mm -hmm. oh i have to show cleavage to sell beer of course you know it's like <laughs> it's not necessary it's just look in my eyes listen to what i'm saying understand what i'm you know um feeling by my expressions um and i ended up um extending just not just using faces but using hands Mm -hmm. um, to be more expressive. Um, and clearly I talk, talk with my hands. <laughs> and so that, that was, that was an easy, you know, you know, uh, way to appease, you know, some people who thought it needed more than just these oval or heart shape or round shaped heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really love that. Yeah. And I just, it's, it's such a pleasure to read because it does have this just very like, uh, you know, as I said, like it feels so comfy and cozy and like the relationships are all very lived in, but you also get to see the relationships like grow over time and then develop as characters or as people, you know, and as mothers, like because like the mother daughter relationship is also very like sweet and funny. And, you know, so like when you uh, started to write these characters, did you always see their journeys or did they sort of like reveal themselves to you as you were writing it? Uh I would say as I was growing and becoming and, you know, all of that, um, I could, I could get a little deeper with my characters. Um, uh, cause you use, you do definitely use part of yourself and my, with, with, um, Lydia who had the, the baby, um, I had friends who were having babies married and unmarried. Um, and I was a part of their lives and I felt like I knew, 
I thought I knew what it was motherhood was about. And I would, you know, I could talk about this and, and, but once, um, so my son was born in 1998. So um, once I had a kid and I realized that um, I didn't know (laughs) everything I thought I knew, I didn't know. It's like, I didn't know how life altering it was. I didn't know how um, enriching it was. I didn't realize how much I was going to learn from this new person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had um, the baby grow. Usually doesn't happen in comics. You know, they usually, you stay the same age all, all the way through. And the women are the same age, um, but the baby <laughs> started growing up and, you know, up into being a toddler. And I, I felt safe with using a body on her because she was a kid, you know, <laughs> it, you know, that's, it's still, it's, it's still just, um, it's just, it's part of her face, you know, it's part of her expression. You know, it's only when you get older that you start worrying about diets and looking a certain way and, you know, all that stuff that's put on us to think mm-hmm. about what beauty is, you know. So, um, so that was fun. And it was, you know, and it, it was part of me growing that, mm-hmm. that my characters grew and got a little deeper and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, that strikes me as like the benefit of a kind of long-term project like this. Cause you really do get to like, um, you know, you see the artist and the characters grow together and that can just be such a really, I think, rewarding thing to watch over a long period of time. You know, um, yeah. I had a question about um, the way that the comic talks about like current events at the time and responds to things that were going on in the world. And the comic strikes a really interesting balance because some of it feels so specific to its time, you know, by referencing um, specific things like, you know, HIV and public health and the Clarence Thomas hearings and all this different stuff. Um, So it feels like really on the pulse. But there's also times where it feels very prescient because things that the characters are talking about we're still talking about, you know, and like we haven't moved all that far on so many of them, like the police brutality and systemic injustice and inequality. And I'm wondering, like, did you anticipate at the time that uh, both, you know, because there's an interesting balance of like some things have changed a lot and some things haven't changed at all, you know, and like how, (laughs) like, how did you, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase the question, but like, were you surprised at all by like how relevant some bits of it still are? Um, not exactly. You know, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not that. And, and again, my dad was a cartoonist, you know? So um, what I knew while I, even while I was doing it, that some things that I was talking about were things that he was talking about in the sixties, you know, so, you know, but if you attach it to, um, current events, like you pointed out, you know, Rodney King, you know, mm-hmm. I had to talk about that. It, you know, um, there was some, there were some um, very specific things that we didn't include in the book, you know, um, and now I'm not going to be able to remember the, the um, basketball player's name, but he wouldn't stand for the, um, when they played the national anthem Ooh, yes. long before um, Kaepernick. Um, but um and I'm I'm not saying it's you know I I'm saying that that this is what happens. And even when I was going back through strips, I saw this person's name Abdul something I can't remember. Um, and I had to look him up because I couldn't remember what I was like. What are you talking about? And I looked it up, and I and I was like, right, you know, mm-hmm. it's so it's like putting the news to the strip. Um, sometimes you don't know, 
but uh, but also to your point of um did you know then if you were if it was still um would would it have this kind of um play you know where you can see that it's um a, re a repeated theme and that we haven't gotten that far and um it was pretty clear to me that i was talking about things that were current events but i knew that it had happened already you know that and when i realized like there's one strip that i say uh, that i started with in the, in the in the new year it's like um it's all these things about how it's a new year um what's great and what's not so great what's um what's exciting but is also upsetting you know what is you know those kind of things mm. is that there can still be a first black something in the year 1991 i did that every every time there was a um 10 years later i did the same exact strip mm -hmm. and 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 then i did it um i did an exhibit with my dad and he had that same strip way back when yeah yeah, yeah. so it, so to that point yeah and 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 also i'm just going to add that um more recently we did a, an exhibit called still um racism in america mm -hmm. um and it was a uh, um my dad's work and my work um and it was at the, it started at a gallery in Manhattan, um, Tara uh, Nakashama yeah, Donahue. Um, her family had a gallery in New York and she's the one who encouraged me to um, do this. And I said, I see this still book we could do with my dad and my stuff. And um, she's like, we can make that an exhibit. I was like, what? And we did. And it opened in New York and it was, um, we were so proud of it. I was beyond proud of it and then the shutdown COVID shut everything down so it, that was the end of it but the um Billy Ironman um um picked it up and um so it had a run there so yeah that's that's part of I just say all that because you brought up still and I was like that's actually the name of the of the exhibit yeah <laughs> and, wow. and for that very reason yeah wow that is so so fascinating and yes like that makes so much sense, you know, and it kind of reminds me of a way like um, this is a total tangent and I hope you forgive me for it. <laughs> but recently I was watching the um, like a special edition of Do the Right Thing and like Spike Lee has um, a video introduction to it and it's not a new one. Like he didn't film it for the new edition. He filmed it 10 years before and he was like, this is the last time I'm going to talk about this be like until, you know, something changes, you know, and there is that feeling, yes, of like, yeah, still, still. It's, it's <laughs> so. still, it's, it's exactly what it is. And it, that um, makes me think of, I wrote an essay about how, you know, having a young black boy um, as a, you know, as your son. And I did an essay about it and, and talked about how, and this is probably when Trayvon Martin, you know, got, because my son was very young. And it was like, you know, when you, when you start talking about this kind of thing to your little one, you know, that was the whole, that was the whole basis of the, of the essay. I revised that essay, um, like three times. Um, it was, it was at the time I, I did it for parents.com for parents.com. Yeah. Um, but then I had to revise it because it kept happening. You know, mm -hmm. this young kid gets killed for no good reason, you know, unarmed, you know, and so as part of our, our um, the American experience, <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's 
you know, is a testament, I think, to like the particular historical moment that we're in, you know, that like so much of it does still feel so intensely relevant. Um, but at the same time, there is a lot of it that also feels like very universal in terms of like um, the women's like struggles between each other, but also like within themselves, like a lot of them deal with like issues of insecurity and their place in the world. And it it like manages to feel so at once like that balance of, you know, like culturally specific and grounded and representative with like universality and relatability. Like how do you approach like that sort of, um, you know, that balancing act? Yeah. Um, I, I think it helps to have so many characters, you know, um, and, and, um, and to leave like the social issues to um, two or three, you know, mm. um, and, um, but it also is a chance to um, introduce um, black women to, you know, like uh, this, our small segment of society, introduce it to a larger segment of society mm. who um, can become familiar and say, hey, I do, I get hairs on my chin too. You know, I was like, so I would talk about things like that. You know, it's like, it, and and to um, empower our humanity and for for us to be seen as human, you know, and not other, you know, and that here we are, and this is what we go through. Oh, you recognize this? That's because we are human and there is a human, there is a human thread and we all go through, like you said, insecurities and, you know, you know, little spats with our girlfriends you know and you know looking at what what um what relationships should mean oh you have to have a man you know not, all, not no not necessarily you know it's all that kind of stuff could I could talk about and talk about it truthfully you know because it was coming from parts of me and what I experienced with other people mm. well Thank you so much for not only like coming to talk to us about this book, but for, you know, bringing it to us like, um, you know, um, it's it's the perfect moment for it. And it's so nice to get to look back at like such a really lovely and accomplished collection of work where you also get to see you like develop as an artist and a thinker over time, if that makes sense. Like, it's just a really wonderful journey to go with you on. And, you know, thank you so much. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Yay. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, listeners. Uh, so where I'm coming from as of the time that you hear this is going to be available near you. So please pick it up at your nearest independent bookstore or library or wherever you like to go for your books. Thank you so much for joining us. It is time to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode. Thank you.